So we all know that sometimes journalists can tweet about publicists and it's not always the best news. And uh, sometimes it's really tempting to just look away and not look at the cringe. But if you can brace yourself and sift through, you'll find that there's actually a lot of really positive things going on on Twitter between journalists and publicists every single day. And our guest today is somebody that I've come across from a tweet that went viral that we'll talk about in a moment. But I really like Katie because she's got a newsletter. She talks all about her career, what she's writing about, what she's working on. But she's also very generous with her tips to publicists. She's not rude. <laughs> she's very polite, but not even just polite. She's candid too. It's, it's a nice mix. It's kind of like what we're doing over here on our end, but she's doing it through Twitter and her newsletter. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. Katie Lockhart is a travel and food writer. She travels the world full time and she writes for publications like Travel and Leisure, CNN, Condé Nast Traveler, The Points Guy, National Geographic, and many, many more. You can follow her adventures on Instagram, which we'll link to in the show notes. But her, um, if you want to find it right now on your phone, it's Find Your Happy Plate. But with that said, welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for the nice introduction. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. And we really appreciate your time. Um, Britt, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Still waking up, but. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> That's actually a good a good thing to talk about. Um, so uh, it is 10 a.m. Eastern over here where I'm at. Um, it is 7 a.m. where Britt's at over on the West Coast. Katie, do you mind sharing with re um, listeners where you're at and what time it is over there? <laughs> sure. It's um, 9 p.m. and I am in Vientiane, Laos, or Laos. Um, and sorry if you hear motorbikes outside in the background, but um, I'm in That's a hotel great. room and there's a lot of people passing by. <laughs> That's, That's so cool. Very cool. Very jealous yeah. right now. Thank you yeah, for Laos taking time out of your evening to, you know, sit down and chat with us while you're in such an amazing place. Of course. I'm happy to. How long have you been there for now? Because I know you've so, been there for a while, right? Yeah, I have actually. Um, so it's almost a month now, um, and I'm wow. leaving to go to Singapore tomorrow. Um, so I'm Ooh. a little bit sad, but I'm excited for Singapore. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so are you a digital nomad? Like, do you full-time just travel, or is this just something you're I, doing for now? I am a digital nomad, for lack of a better term. I feel. I like know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's sort of like gotten a bad reputation over the few years but yeah my, my partner and I have been traveling full-time for almost five years now yeah. um, so with the t time zone differences are does that affect how you work with um, publicists and like your editors um, it doesn't really I think it affects me more in the sense that like when I'm going to sleep my editors and, and people I'm working with are waking up so I find that I stay up really late because I'm just like waiting for like a commission to come in or I'm waiting to hear back from someone and it ends up kind of like messing with my sleep patterns. But that's something like I need to learn to control a little bit better. And, I, and it's five years going on, like going on five years now. So I still struggle with that. Oh, that's interesting though. Um, yeah. It kind of ties into, so you're probably very responsive, wouldn't you say? Like when you get some an email, if you're still awake, you probably... Like from like an editor? Yes. I respond very quickly. I feel like 
you have to or the opportunity kind of disappears. I mean, that might just be in my head, but that's like the expectation I've put on myself. I mean, that sounds like our world too, as publicists. I feel like um, if you don't jump on opportunities, they can go away. And it's always good to, especially when the editor sees that you're responsive, then you get a better um, chance at getting future opportunities, I think. Yeah. And I feel like their eyes are on your email. Um, and so it's sort mm-hmm. of like, doesn't get lost in the minutiae of their inbox and you're like sort of at the top of their like thought pattern. So it's like respond quickly. It's a good thing. I don't know. I honestly could just be making that up in my own head, but that's what I tell myself. Hey, five years, you might be doing something right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Is it safe to say that you have a set working schedule or you don't, or that you don't have a set working schedule? It sounds like at least. No, I don't. Um, that's one of the things like I really love and feel very fortunate uh, about my job is I sort of, I make my own hours. I wake up when I want to wake up. Uh, I take on, you know, the, the jobs that I want to take on. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, it depends if I'm like in a place that I really love and I want to explore it a lot more. I'll, I might take on less work that month and I'll just sort of immerse myself in wherever I'm at. Um, so yeah, I feel lucky to be able to do that. Yeah, exciting. And then I had one more question um, as well. Um, Actually, I don't know if it's a question, more of a thought, but um, just regarding getting back to, um, you know, journalists in our world, Jackie, or, you know, your editors in your world, Katie, um, quickly. I have found I've been experimenting with this more because, you know, you have to take time off sometimes. So I have been, um, honestly, it's really hard for me to completely disconnect. And when I am away, sometimes I will check my email like at least once a day and I will um, get back to them and be honest. And I found that more, um, like in the past, I used to be really worried that that journalist is going to write me off and say, oh, this person, this is my own stupid thinking, but something around the lines of like, oh, this person's always on vacation. I can't rely on them. But I found that getting back to them and being honest about, you know, I'm taking time off, whether it's spending time with family or whether it's spending time with my husband or blah, 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 being honest and letting them know that you will uh, you can jump back in when you're back or to consider you for the next one because you will be back at work. Um, and they've been really um, understanding and, and do come back. And I used to be, I think it's worth mentioning because I used to be really yeah. afraid to do that. Yeah, definitely. I would never write someone off for taking like their own personal time. I think it's so important and especially like post pandemic, taking care of yourself, your mental health, spending time with your family and friends is just like, I think a top priority and it should be a top priority more for people in the US. Um, There's that really funny meme where or that tweet where it's like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting brain surgery from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. today. I will respond to your email at like 4.30 p.m. You know, like... Relatable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so, yeah. Un- it's so unhealthy. So no, I don't think any like conscious journalist would ever um, slight a PR person for taking personal time. Right. Yeah, they shouldn't. Um, no. That's nice to know that you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, Britt, because I feel like that's got to be relatable for like half of the people who are probably more than half of the people that listen to this podcast, I think. Yeah. I, I've definitely also been afraid to decline things when I've been away, but 
we got to do it sometimes. I'm the same. I actually, I just had an editor reach out with an assignment and I, I really don't take much time off, but this week I am taking some time off. I'm meeting my best friend in Singapore and uh, we're going to see Harry Styles in concert. So yeah, so I'm taking like (laughs) the weekend off and I got an assignment like due on Monday and I was like, oh my God, I was like, can I please push it back by like a few days? I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And my editor was like, so lovely and amazing about it. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So it was great. That's great. Yeah. Anything for Harry Styles. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's great. Well, kicking things off, it's kind of, it's related to your tweet. So you tweeted something that caught my attention and that's how we got connected. Mm -hmm. Uh, You tweeted something that went viral. Um, I liked your newsletter about it as well. So she's on Substack. We'll link to it. Um, anyway, would you care reading that tweet out loud that went viral? Yeah, sure. I said, journalist friends, what are the best professional traits of your go-to PR people? Great. It's simple. Um, and it definitely piqued my interest in the interest of many people, not just journalists, but also publicists chimed in and said, thank you and gave their thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. but was there anything in particular that inspired you to write this tweet? Like, why did you tweet this? I think a PR person had responded to a request. I sent them for images really quickly. And I was like under the gun to, you know, send this to my editor. And I remember thinking like, oh, I love this. This is so great. This person's awesome. And mm-hmm. plus, like, I'm always looking for content for my Substack and my newsletter. So I was like, I'll tweet this and see if people respond. And I was really surprised how many people responded and how many people came back with like really positive things. Yeah, it was great. Um, did you, Britt, not to put you under the fire? I don't even know if that's the right phrase. Did you see the tweet, Britt, and like read it at all? If I not, you should sift I didn't it. see it organically, but I have seen it. okay. Yes, I did read the show notes. I mean, the notes you put together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I haven't taken the time to really dig through the responses. There's a few. Um... I don't know if you have any, Katie, that you pulled out that are, like, particularly interesting. Um, Well, I thought the sort of, like, resounding kind of overall takeaway was um, responsiveness. That's definitely mm -hmm. my number one. Um, And like I said, and to talk about uh, what we were mentioning earlier about taking time off, it's totally fine – to just respond with, hey, uh, I'm working on this. We'll get back to you. Like, as long as I know that you've seen this and it hasn't, like, entered the void and I'm, like, possibly left in the lurch, I'm totally fine um, with just a quick response like that. Uh, it's super helpful. And I think a lot of people on the thread agreed to just, like, as long as you're responsive and you're, like, polite and helpful, like, you're a go-to. Yeah. Do you ever find that there's publicists that are um... – that kind of lack in the responsiveness sometimes? I do. Um, I had it happen to me maybe like six weeks ago. And I remember I actually followed up with them four times, which I Mm. never had to do before. So I was sort of like, what's going on? I wasn't getting an out of office or anything. So I was just sort of like, this is frustrating. Um, And I took note, let me just say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, four times, that's very generous of you. Did they ever get back to you? <laughs> they did. They did, and they apologized. Um, so I forgave, but I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your inbox will always remind you whenever you yeah. <laughs> pull up their email. 
Um, I was going to kind of just not change the subject, but on just reading through the responses, something came up that we frequently, well, not frequently, but it has popped up in a couple of our conversations, and that's whether or not publicists, um, you know, should sit in on the interview. And mm-hmm. it seems to be uh, highly debated. Um, lots of different people saying they thought publicists always sat in on interviews. Yeah, so I was going to no. bring that up. It's fascinating. I mean, we've heard different things from different journalists, too, like what they prefer or if they feel that's weird or if they feel that's normal. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts, Katie? Yeah, that was definitely um, probably the most surprising thing from the thread for me. And I actually ended up um, writing about it in another newsletter and did a poll in the newsletter. And one of the polls was for journalists and the next poll was for PR people. And I was also surprised by those results because uh, the majority of journalists and the majority of PR people were okay um, with PR people sitting in on interviews. Um, I guess it could depend on the industry you're in, but for me, it's, it's a no, no. Um, It feels a bit intrusive and a bit like big brothery, (laughs) you know, like I feel like the the interviewee would filtered change, change their answers potentially. Um, And it could like affect how they answer things and how affect the authenticity of the interview, which would ultimately affect the article. Um, But yeah, people were really um, sort of polarized by that one, I think on the thread. Yeah. I think, so someone mentioned that they think it's an entertainment industry thing. And we had an entertainment journalist come on a couple episodes ago. And um, she said that this is a industry norm for them. Um, So my thought is maybe if it's like a high profile person, like a celebrity, and they have the ability to say something really stupid or incriminating. Yeah. That's the purpose. But other than that, I really don't yeah. understand the purpose besides that, you know? And I feel like probably in your field, yeah. that would be weird. Does, do, do you run into that uh, publicist sitting in on interviews that you conduct or not really? I've run into it twice where publicists have asked to sit in on the interview. And I said, uh, I don't allow publicists to sit in on my interviews. And they were just like, okay, nice. that's fine. Um Okay. Like I said, it just feels intrusive and strange. (laughs) I wouldn't like it on either end. I don't think I would like sitting through an interview because it sounds, quite frankly, maybe a little, I don't want to say boring, but I don't know, like, what purpose am I really serving kind of thing? And then, like, as a journalist, I could totally see that feeling like you're just being spied on. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Very interesting. I got to subscribe to your newsletter and, um, find that article and that poll you did somehow that's yeah we gotta write about that yeah we gotta share that one Jackie yeah that sounds good to me I'm gonna um it's funny I I find your sub stack I think through your muckrack so I don't even think I've subscribed so let me do that really quick um oh okay it's interesting okay I'll wait a second yeah but go ahead keep talking do you guys use muckrack a lot it seems like and I find it to be such an um inaccurate picture of like mm-hmm. a journalist like if you look at my muckrack it doesn't even like pull in like half of the stuff I write uh I noticed it, that yeah it just sort of 
it's weird that it's sort of a go-to where I would much prefer a publicist to um, actually look at my social media first because uh, mm-hmm. that way they can tell like where I am, um, especially if they're trying to invite me on a trip or something. Uh, or like my LinkedIn is probably the most accurate representation. Uh, but yeah, Muckrack is just like really not super, not super helpful, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it depends. Super yeah, I know so many publicists use it. So I, I wonder why that's sort of like an industry standard. I think for me, like what I found is for staff writers, it can be really good because it just mm-hmm. pulls from the same site. Um, I think sense. what it does is it, it pulls off of RSS feeds. So if you, because that's the issue is like, I bet you write for a lot of, since you write for different websites, I feel like it's harder to get it correct um on their ends because you know systematically it just doesn't that's fair the staff writer thing definitely makes sense exactly yeah you you get what i'm saying yeah but that's a good tip too is to keep in mind for especially freelancers that but in general that muckrack isn't always accurate um and so you know following on twitter is always good um that was a good one too oh yeah do you use linkedin to share your articles katie i do uh i'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And I think it's sort of an underappreciated form of social media. I really love it, actually. Um, so Me I share too. all my articles there. And it's fun. You're telling Britt what she wants to hear. Britt is an evangelist for LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it. I mean, it has been kind of a doom scrolling situation with all the crazy tech stuff and the layoffs and everything. So I have mm-hmm. had a love-hate relationship with it recently. But before that happened, I found it pretty uplifting. Are there any other, like, tweets that stuck out to you within the thread? We So far we mentioned, like, your tip, which was responsiveness. And then we've mentioned the debate about um, sitting in on interviews or not. Is there anything else that you thought was interesting um, related to that? I think someone tweeted um, – like, oh, just sort of like, talk to me like I'm a person. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's actually a good point. You know, like, I think a lot of publicists fall into the um, mistake of sending out like, just copy and paste or those sort of infographic emails yeah. that are very impersonal. And just sort of like trying to build uh, like a base level relationship with a journalist, I think in the long term could be really beneficial. Uh, even if it's just like, hey, how are you doing? Um, loved your latest article in XYZ. Like it makes you feel good and you're probably likely more likely to respond to those people, I would say. Yeah, that's very true. We get that a yeah. lot, actually. Yeah. Um, wh- what do you mean? Uh, could you clarify what you mean by uh, infographic? um email are you talking about like data reports or something else no like I'm probably using the wrong word here but they it's sort of like a they paste like a flyer so it looks like a flyer with like you know pretty font in like the headline and it's sort of like an image and then whatever text oh that's an infographic yeah that's an infographic okay yeah I didn't really okay (laughs) Do you get a lot of them? I, yes, I get a lot of them and I delete them immediately. Oh I don't God. even read them. Wow. Brainy. 
<laughs> we're taken back. This is like a time machine. Um, I used to pitch infographics like, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> like way back in the day. 20, 10 years. Yeah, like yeah, wow. many years ago. But that's wild. I wonder if it's just still a thing that people think work in the food and travel space. Like, Katie, is it mainly food related? Is it mainly travel related? Yeah, is it totally related unrelated to, to what you do? <laughs> Yes, it's mainly travel related, like um, a new tour opening up or something. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I just find it so impersonal. I'm like, ugh, no. Would you mind sharing one with us, like forwarding one? Even if you don't want to, it's fine. Yeah, I'll. Um, I will look through my trash because they're in the okay. trash. Um, I'm just, I just am curious. I want to see what they look like. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. absolutely. Before. Uh, it's totally Thank you. weird, but yeah, of course. Thanks. I feel like we could do a whole episode about like the travel industry because I have you pitched anything in the travel space, Britt? Because I have not. I don't really know anything about it, to be honest. Yeah, I I have. Um, oh. And it was a good time. It was about a new a ho- opening up of a new hotel, and oh, that's right. it was during the pandemic, this. so they they weren't able to even um, host the reporters and journalists at the hotel it was tricky but it got coverage because it was kind of a big deal (laughs) that's cool like a big brand or whatever it was yeah and it was a very like niche and boutique-y and in the middle of nowhere so yeah oh people love that (laughs) that's very like in right now (laughs) um and actually this is this ties into something that you've written about on your Substack, which is about um Press trips. <clears throat> I don't know anything about pitching mm-hmm. press tips. You've talked about it quite a bit. Can you explain how that works? Yeah. So it's funny you you mentioned this because I actually just had another tweet go viral um, last week about press trips. Oh, and yeah, it was very um, intense. <laughs> I would say the responses were really intense, and people were very. It struck a chord. Um, I'm actually going to publish a stack about it immediately after uh, this interview. Uh, but yeah, so press trips are essentially like publicists will reach out and invite you on a trip um, and a journalist will, you know, either accept, or deny, ask a couple questions before they decide, um, you know, they'll arrange flights and you'll go on this trip, you'll discover ideas, you'll do interviews, you'll ask questions, um, and then you'll go home and you'll pitch your editors some different story ideas. And um, typically you'll write like two to five different stories about this trip. So that's um, pretty much how it works. And my tweet was about being invited on a trip. I asked a couple questions they responded and I accepted the press trip and then they responded back to me and said, actually, um, the client is, um, prioritizing confirmed coverage. You know, can I put you on standby? And I was like, what? Uh, like it, it's never happened to me before. So I was like kind of taken aback by it. And, um, I'm going to go into it in depth into, in my, in my newsletter, but, um, basically this is a trend that's happening in the travel industry right now. This has happened to almost like every one of my colleagues and, and you can see in the, in the thread, um, they're very passionate about it and how it's, you know, it's unprofessional, it's insulting. Um, and also like 
it leads into a whole nother conversation about confirmed coverage, uh, which is sort of like a catch 22 situation for freelancers. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it makes it difficult because you can't write, you can't pitch something unless you've experienced it. Cause you don't know what you're pitching yet, yep. but they want you to come with a confirmed assignment from an editor and, and it becomes a sticky situation and it ends up creating bad blood. And it's, it's sort of a, a big thing, especially since the pandemic where clients really want to return on their investment. And so there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on publicists. Um, so I feel for them. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's tricky. But at the same time, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's not like you can guarantee anything. I mean, has is, is it even – I imagine if you go on a press trip and you get enough um, information that you can pitch many stories that it's very likely you'll get to write something about it, oh, you know? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I've never really been in a press trip where I haven't written at least one story, but it usually ends up being like three or four. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is a lot. And I think publicists sort of lose sight of the fact that as freelancers, um, the more stories we write, the more money we make. So it's in our best interest yeah. to write as many stories as possible about the trip. Um, you know, uh, in that thread, some people brought up, oh, it's, you can't just use it as a free vacation. It's like, it's not a free vacation, <laughs> like where they're working. They're working. And, um, you know, it's a job. So that's how we view it. I think that's how I view it. Yeah. As you should. Um, yeah. So what kind of companies are like sending you on press trips? Is this like airlines or like, like little so local travel? I get, oh gosh, I maybe get like 10 to 12 press invites a week. Um, they're wow. big hotel chains, they're okay. airlines. Um, Sometimes they're tourism boards. Uh, yeah, they kind of run the whole travel gamut, I would say. That's very interesting. I, um, yeah. I like that. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, and then you even have, um, I noticed that you wrote one for your Substack recently that says the best press trip email I've ever received. Um, I hope that's yeah. not related to your tweet. It's not, no. right? <laughs> No, <laughs> that would be wild. And you're like, oh, I got to update this yeah. now. <laughs> That's the worst one I've ever received. Uh, but no, the best one was <laughs> someone just sent me um, a list of all the press trips they're planning that year and was like, are you interested in any of these trips? And I was like, oh, that is like Smart. such a clear, concise way yeah. um, to do this versus, you know, sending an invite for every single trip and um, allowing me also to like plan my year ahead to see what could potentially work. So I was like, Oh, I love this. I hope this becomes a, a trend. The norm. Yeah. I love yeah, that. It exactly. makes your life so much easier because you can actually plan exactly. ahead. Yeah. And then you're not like, sh- uh, sifting through like, you know, a billion emails. You just get one. Right. Right. Now, now with follow up, like if you're not interested in a press trip, do you just say like, thank you? Like, do you appreciate a follow up if they don't hear from you? How does that work? Like, are you a follow-ups positive person or would you do away with them if you could? I always um, respond to press trip invites because I know that they um, have a list of journalists. And so, you know, if I don't respond, like I don't want to hold them up um, for trying to plan this press trip. So I know I'm trying to, you know, not trying to waste their time. So I always respond like a yes or a no. Um, 
and yeah, if I if it does slip through the cracks, then I definitely appreciate a follow up for a press trip email because I know like you know they're trying to plan a, a guest list. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's really that's good information. Um, we kind of want to move on to pitching you other things too. So we know that you're open, your inbox is open to press trips. Are there any other types of pitches that you're particularly interested in receiving from publicists, whether it be related to travel or food? Because you also write about food quite a bit. Yes, um, I do. What are you interested uh, in? Yeah, so I write a lot about hotels. Uh, so I'm always looking for like new uh, new hotels, especially in the luxury space. Uh, I'm looking for first, uh, so like first happening in hotels or first happening with restaurants or bars. And by that, I mean like the first you know, bar in the world to, I don't know, have a 20 story ice luge, you know, I'm making something totally crazy. Yeah. Um, But something like that, um, something that is sort of like eye catching and also clickable, because I know a lot of my editors are really interested in those clickable stories. So those sell well. Um, And then I also really love interesting and like quirky trends happening in the industry uh, that make really fun listicles. So one I got that I'm still trying to pitch and I think will be much more timely next year is um, like hotels that have curling. Um, They offer curling to their guests in the winter. And I'm like, oh, it's so fun. Um, And when when the Olympics come around, I think that would be like a really cool story. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. I like that. So you, um, you mentioned like maybe next year it'll be better. Do you, do you keep pitches on hand that you think will do better like in a future date and I do. That, or do you? Awesome. Yeah, I do. We got and that my, recently. Yeah. Like from another and, guest. Yeah. And my like Excel sheet, I sort of keep it off in a separate tab, uh, like pitches to revisit. Uh, yeah. Gives us hope. An Excel sheet. That's super organized. Yes, I have. I feel like I have to be or else I like drown in in confusion. You've talked a lot about publicists that have basically done the right things and have inspired you um, to share that information with others. Are there any publicists that you would like to give a shout out to that you think are doing an exceptionally good job in the industry? Yeah, um, I think Travel's really lucky to have a lot of great publicists. Um, Ike over at Bullfrog and Bomb is probably the most responsive person I've ever worked with, and I love him. And he's just like, I hope he sleeps, to be honest, because I don't, I don't know that he does. Um, but he's amazing, and everyone at Jeffrey Wheel is great. Everyone at Rachel Harrison Communications, um, Jessica Bradford is great. Victoria King, uh, everyone there. So yeah, we're we're pretty lucky in the in our niche to have really really good publicists to work with. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Katie. Yes, thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. I really enjoyed chatting with you guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Earn Media. If you head over to weearnmedia.com, you'll find a summary of the episode along with links to any of the resources and more information about our lovely guest and where you can find them online. If you have any topic suggestions or just general PR questions for us or future guests, email us at podcast at weearnmedia.com. Of course, you can also find us on social media. Our handle is at weearnmedia and we're on Twitter and Instagram.